Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Shada. I'm the creative director at Outgrow.co. And for this month, we're going to interview Dustin Brackett, who's the CEO and founder of Hive Strategy. Thanks for joining us, Dustin. Absolutely, thanks for having me. So Dustin, we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. You get three passes. In case you don't want to answer the question, you can just say pass, but try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only, okay? Sounds great. All right, so the first one, at what age do you want to retire? I don't know if I want to retire. Okay, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? 15, 20 minutes. Most embarrassing moment of your life. Oof. I'm going to pass. I don't know. Okay. Favorite color? Blue. What time of day are you most inspired? When I don't have meetings. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Uh, five. Fill in the blank. Uh, an upcoming marketing trend is blank. Using generative AI more effectively. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Uh, Bailey, Colorado. Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey. Oof. Uh, Zuckerberg. The biggest mistake of your career? Not hiring smart people earlier. How do you relax? With a glass of wine and with my wife. How many cups of coffee do you drink in a day? Way too many. Uh, <laughs> probably four. A habit of yours that you hate? Um, I'm a perfectionist. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? To trust my instincts. And the last one is your favorite Netflix show? Uh, I'm going to go with that 90s show because it's the most recent one I've watched. All right, well, that's the end of the rapid fire round. You answered quite a lot of them with a lot of deep thought. So <laughs> that was really great. <laughs> uh, maybe you can elaborate on why you don't ever want to retire. Uh, I don't sit still well. Um, mm. So if my wife ends up listening to this, she'll probably be very upset with that answer. <laughs> um, but I, I, I enjoy work uh, and I enjoy what I do. So, I mean, I, I definitely won't be 80 years old and still working as many hours as I am now, but I think having something to do with a business I own or run or whatever, um, I think will always be a thing. Mm -hmm. And so is there any other rapid fire question that you would like to take this moment to elaborate on that you felt needed more than a word or a sentence and an answer? Um, you know, I, I think the like future of marketing kind of mm. question is interesting. And, um, you know, it's the, the generative AI is such a like 
big topic right now, but I think it's moving in a direction that it's going to become like a, a tool that we don't even necessarily realize we're using. Um, and I think that it's, it's going to empower a lot of industries, but especially the marketing industry to just be more efficient and produce better work faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I've been going deep in the rabbit hole of AI um, in all the different kind of realms that it's touching right now. Um, and I just, I think it's very interesting and I think it's going to change how marketers work, but also like, I think it's going to completely transform the marketing agency world. Um, so I think that's, it, it's exciting, but also I think a lot of people are nervous about what that brings. That's interesting. So I guess it's a very exciting time, almost paradoxical a time to drop a book like Market Like a Human in the world of AI. Can you tell us more about your upcoming book, Market Like a Human? Yeah, I, uh, I think with a lot of our clients, like I've had a lot of conversations with prospective clients and current clients, and there's a lot of talk or a lot of like process behind like, oh, I want to buy this giant list and just start blasting everyone on the list because I just need more people in the the funnel. And it's, I think marketing has actually taken several steps back um, over the last few years because the, the focus has moved to like a quantity focus rather than a quality focus. And so market like a human um, is really, was kind of born out of frustration with like what marketing is today. Um, And I don't think that as marketers we're being helpful or we're building relationships or we're establishing trust like we should be. And instead we're just spamming, right? And we're pushing sales conversations way before we should be even approaching a sales conversation. Um, So the book is really, how do we start to realize that whether we're a business to business company or business to consumer company or a nonprofit company, like none of that really matters. What we're looking at is we're marketing business to human, like on the other side of our marketing campaigns, are humans getting that messaging, getting that content, getting those ads that we need to connect with. And they don't need, our audience doesn't need us like they once did. They don't need to have a conversation with our sales team just to figure out what we do and how we do it and how much we cost. Like they are doing their own research and the, the organizations that are going to win and regardless of like what the economic climate looks like, the businesses that are going to win are the ones that connect on a human level. And how does such a human-centric approach to marketing align with broader trends in consumer behavior and expectations? And what implications does this have for businesses in the long term? I think that as consumers, we're empowered more than we've ever been. And so the intrusive and spammy messages, like we can tune those things out. Like I, I go through every morning and I... I have probably 50 spam emails in my inbox telling me how people want to 
create content for me and want to book meetings for me and like sell me their widgets and their softwares, like all of it's tuned out, right? I immediately block those things. I'm moving them to spam. Like we don't have to deal with the spam and the intrusive messaging like we used to. And so, you know, I, I listened to one of your, your previous podcasts the other day with Mike Lieberman. And one of the things that he said is that I, that I loved is we ha- we're moving back to inbound marketing, right? Like we have to earn that audience and we have to earn that trust and um, privilege to even like get in front of these people now. And I think that all of this and like kind of tuning in and connecting on a human level is how we do that. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I guess you, we, one couldn't reduce this to a strategy, but but if I was to like bring you back into the lingo of marketing, uh, what strategies can businesses then use to balance the use of uh, you know, even stuff like technology, including AI with a more human-centric approach. You know, it's it's funny, like, so as I was finishing up the book, um, I have a, a leadership team at my agency and we have a, a meeting every week to talk about like processes and people and, and things like that for the growth of the agency. And one of the, like when ChatGPT really was becoming such a huge topic. Um, you know, I was falling down that rabbit hole and in the director's meeting, I was like, Hey, you know, we, we really need to take notice of all the different AI tools out there and see how we can start to use and implement and, um, kind of take advantage of those new resources for our agency, as well as our clients. And, um, one of my directors, Mallory, like immediately cut me off and she's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like, dude, you just wrote a book called Market Like a Human, and now you're telling us we should look at AI? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, and I I hadn't really considered that perspective. Like, because in, like, for me, AI is a tool, right? It's something that we can use to further our mission. It's just like a HubSpot or a CRM or any of these, like, different tools that we use on a regular basis. Like AI is not a replacement for humans, but I think that it can help us to be better for our audience and help us to be faster, produce better content and even free us up to do what we need, we need to do in order to connect with people on a human to human level. So in a sense, then AI will leave enough room for the mechanical tasks to be automated so that humans can actually function on being really creative at a very meta level creative, you'd say. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, like for the book, I, I interviewed several people um, that I like really respect in different areas. And one of them was Paul Reitzer, who uh, started the Marketing AI Institute and Paul probably knows more about AI than like most humans in the world. Um, and it was, it was a very interesting conversation, but like one of the questions that I asked him was, how are you using AI to market the marketing AI Institute? Um, you know, he, he told me the story of, well, they have events that they run regularly 
and they they have huge audiences with ai being such a huge topic right now like i think it's very easy for him to have big big audiences for these events and he was telling me well they can get up to you know 800 people at one of these events and after the event they have somebody on their team dedicated to reaching out to every single one of those people on LinkedIn personally, connecting with them, sending them a message, thanking them for joining, answering questions, things like that. And he's telling me the story and I was like, okay, like, dude, you haven't mentioned AI once yet. Like how, how does AI impact this? And he's like, AI for us has freed us up to do those things. It has taken the, medial tasks, the kind of mindless things that we don't want to do and that just clog up our calendars, take up our time. We're using AI to accomplish those things so that we can actually connect in a human centric way, in a more meaningful way, because we've freed up that time. And so like, they're not using AI to create all their content to automate all of their messaging to like do these things that we still need the human touch with. Uh, instead they're, they're taking things off people's plates that they don't want to do anyway. And that AI can do faster and potentially better so that they can touch those people individually, human to human. Hmm. And so your idea of human-centric marketing, to what extent do you think uh, is one able to measure the success of, you know, marketing efforts when one has this kind of strategy in mind? What is the way of like collecting ROI? Because that's already dehumanizing a bit if you start looking for ROI, I suppose. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I dive into this quite a bit in the book. Um, and I think that, the way that we measure marketing and the effectiveness of our marketing is completely broken. Like we have turned into a quantity only focus with our goals and our KPIs. And it, it it's a result of sales saying we need more leads. It's a result of C-suite saying we need to push more people to the website. We need more followers on social media. We need more contacts in our database and in the top of our funnel. And it's always like this more, more, more focus, right? And so that's pushed our marketing efforts and our, our focus on our KPIs and goals to be a quantity only focus. Like our, what we're measured by are how many leads did you generate? How many website visits did you create? Um, and not as much on how much revenue are we influencing? How many contacts are we helping to move through the through our funnel, our flywheel, whatever you want to call it there? How, how many of those people are we successfully moving through that process to get to the point where they're ready for a sales conversation? And instead, with the quantity only kind of goals and KPIs, what we're doing and what we've had to resort to as marketers is we have to, we have to check this box, right? We have to fulfill these unrealistic quantity goals. So we're gating all of our content. We're make, we're getting as many leads as we possibly can to just throw at sales that are just not good 
like, or they're not ready for a sales conversation. And I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but like there are companies that somebody subscribes to a blog and they're immediately being pushed to sales or they download a, a basic piece of content and fill out a quick form and then sales is calling them. And like, that's a terrible, there's a terrible disconnect there that these this audience is not ready or looking for or expecting a sales conversation, but because we're being measured by how many leads we can generate just to like push to sales desk, that's what we're resorting to. And so I think taking a more human centric approach with our marketing, like it's going to take a shift in how we measure effectiveness and how impactful our marketing can be. And that's going to take buy-in from sales and that's going to take buy-in from the C-suite. And we're going to have to educate internally to say, hey, me throwing a thousand leads at you that don't want to talk to sales and you end up with a few of them that you maybe have a good conversation with, like that's not a good use of sales time and that's not a good experience for our audience. And instead, like we we need to get back to really qualifying and nurturing and being measured by how many quality conversations can we we produce for sales and how many uh, how can we really connect with our audience so that we nurture them and educate them to get them to the point where they're ready for a sales conversation or a demo call or whatever the case may be. And I think we have to really take a step back and make our KPIs and our goals for the marketing team, regardless of what your organization is, and make those quality-focused goals instead of quantity-focused goals. And to what extent, I can't help but think, uh, is the concept of human-centric marketing that you have kind of overlapping with the trends around authentic marketing or authenticity-driven marketing? And what are the differences, if any? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that it's very connected like authenticity is one of the main pillars in my book that we as a society like we're we're reevaluating things right like we're we're looking at organizations to be transparent and be authentic in their messaging and who they are and how they're communicating with us and what they're producing that those are the organizations that we connect with. And those are the organizations that even if we go into a recession or like the climate ends up being continuing, continuing to get worse, like those are still the organizations that we're going to gravitate to and that we're going to want to do business with. And I think that one of the things that we fall into as organizations is we want to be perfect all the time and we want to only say and do and portray this perfect image, but that's not real. And so I think starting to push our people in front and really showing who we are in an authentic way, like that is, that is what connects. That is what builds rapport with our audience. And that's, those are the organizations that people want to do business with. It's not, it's not any more of this, like, we're just going to push our sales messaging or we're going to portray this perfect image. Like 
embrace who you are and embrace who your people are internally. And that's going to build that trust. And so keeping everything that you've said in till now, uh, how would you say, how would you say this affects, uh, you know, consumers or the market in the uncertain recession driven times that we are facing? So how do people marketers keep ahead of like changing demands of consumers in these times? I, you know, I, I unfortunately don't think there's a silver bullet, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no one answer that's like, oh, we're, we're in a poor economic climate or going into one, like do these three things and you're going to be great. Like I, that's not realistic. I think that it's a, an opportunity though for organizations to reevaluate how they're doing things. And my concern and my inkling is that businesses are naturally going to take the route of we've always focused on more like the goal is more 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 but now it's going to be even more than that right like so they're going to look at like things are taking a downturn we need marketing to produce even more leads and we need even more website visitors and instead it is an opportunity for us to like rethink how we're doing things and I think that the businesses that take that opportunity to say, okay, we're not going to just put the pressure on marketing and sales for more. We're going to look at how are we engaging with our, our audience, those website visitors, those people that are already in our database. How can we enable them because they're dealing with the same economy, right? Like they're dealing with, in their businesses and their lives, they're dealing with this as well. How can we help? Like, how can we produce content and produce messaging that supports them in an uncertain time? And that's how we're going to move the needle there. Um, and so I hope that it, as we start to figure out like what this economic climate looks like over the next year or so, I hope that people understand or businesses start to understand that the helpful businesses are still going to be the ones that rise to the top. So you, you would say it's even more of an opportunity to do human centric marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, we're, we're all, whether it's like Dustin as a consumer or Dustin as a business owner, like we're, we're all paying very close attention to where are our dollars going and they're going to go to the businesses and organizations that are helpful and that are helping us to achieve our goals, not just the ones that have the best fancy images or ads or uh, clever messaging. Like it's going to be the helpful ones that connect with me on a human level. And which kind of social network or channel you'd say is at this point at the front forefront of human centric marketing. If one wants to do that, like where does one go? You know, I don't, I don't know that there's a, I don't know there's that there's a direct answer to that. Hmm. Like I think that part of connecting with our audience is spending our time and our resources in the places that they want to spend their time. So I think from a, a B2B perspective, like, LinkedIn has done a great job of enabling businesses to 
connect with with messages and in new ways like you know i'm having a lot of fun with polls and things like that on linkedin that give us new opportunities um i think that every social network has an opportunity to do that obviously some of them have like very limited organic reach but i think the the point is if you're truly connecting with your audience those messages will grow and they'll get seen by the people that you want them to be seen by. Um, so I, I would just say, take, take stock of who your audience is and where they want to see your messaging and how they want to consume that. Um, and that's how you can connect. And why do you think short form video has, is one of the things that's risen in this times? Uh, is it because short form video is more authentic in it's like a presentation or what would you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that short form video is just a, an opportunity for us to show our human side, right? And you have to get your message across quickly. And it's not always perfect. And honestly, the videos that we have the most fun with and the that we resonate with are the ones that maybe even have a mistake or they're not like a hundred percent professionally produced video. And like, they, they just show a human side. Um, and like with them being so digestible, they fit in so well to like our like fast paced lives. All right. So the last question for you is more of a personal kind. It is, what would you be doing in your life if not this right now? Um, so I have two answers. One is the unrealistic version. Um, so I played 10 years of semi-professional football. Um, I love fo I love the game of football. Uh, my unrealistic answer is playing in the NFL. That was always like the dream growing up as a kid completely unattainable dream <laughs> um but like that would be that would be like the ultimate answer um i think realistically um i've been away from football for a little while like i've been retired for six or seven years now um and i would love to get into coaching um so looking at eventually i think that's a path that I take of, you know, coaching high school or something like that. I love the strategy and tactical nature of football. Um, and so if I wasn't doing this, I would love to be on a coaching staff somewhere and uh, teaching the game of football. Also in another universe, I'm interviewing you as a football NBA star. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, well, that's the end of the interview. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrow's Market of the Month. That was Dustin Brackett. Thanks for joining us, Dustin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Check out their website for more details, and we'll see you once again next month with another Marketer of the Month.